This is episode number 61 with Daniel Duborn. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Daniel is the inventor, co-founder, and CEO of Defender Shield, the most effective EMF radiation protection technology for mobile devices ever created. How cool is that? In addition to his work with Defender Shield, Daniel is a highly regarded author, industry consultant, writer, and speaker, as well as a frequent guest on national radio and television programs. Daniel is also the co-author of the recent bestseller, Radiation Nation, The Fallout of Modern Technology, The Complete Guide to EMF Radiation Safety and Protection. Daniel's concern regarding the health impact of EMF grew from 30 years of engineering experience in the telecommunications industry where he held a variety of leadership and executive positions. In today's episode, we chat about how and why he created his company Defender Shield. I love this story so much. You guys are going to love it. Why you will never want to put a laptop on your lap ever again. What the real effects of EMFs are doing to your health. How EMFs suppress your immune system. How we can protect ourselves from EMFs. Why you never want to hold your phone up to your head. Use headphones or Bluetooth ever again. The safest way to use your phones and laptops. The long-term effects of EMFs plus so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 61. And now without further ado, let's bring on this beautiful human being, the one, the only Daniel Duborn. This episode is brought to you by Wellco and their Super Elixir. Now, for those of you that follow me on Instagram will know that I travel a lot. I'm on aeroplanes almost every second week. But treating my body like a temple is not only a massive priority for me, it's an absolute non-negotiable. So to make sure that I'm treating my body like the temple it is and loading it up on loads of healthy greens, I take my Super Elixir daily in water or in my green smoothie. Wellco founder, supermodel and trailblazer Elle McPherson also loves treating her body like a temple, which is where the inspiration for the Super Elixir came from. After working with Dr. Simone Laubscher in London, Elle learned about how our bodies were designed to absorb nutrition via natural, real, whole foods. This is why she created the Super Elixir. 
If you haven't seen their products, check out wellco.com.au. That is W-E-L-L-E-C-O.com.au. And in particular, their Super Elixir, which I just love because it's so easy to use and it's all about delivering your body the daily nutrients it craves through natural, real, whole, plant-based foods. Also, you can join me on the 30-Day Super Elixir Challenge if you want. And because I love you guys so much and I want you to treat your body like the temple that it is, you can get free shipping. Now, all you have to do is type in Super Elixir at the checkout. Now, that is spelt S-U-P-E-R-E-L-I-X-I-R. That's all you have to do to get your free shipping. How cool is that? Dan, it is so great to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Thank you for inviting me on, um, Melissa. Uh, What I had was a banana, orange juice, and a grain cereal. That's what I had. Right. And where are you calling from? What city are you in? We're in um, the Sarasota, Florida area. Uh, We do business out of Sarasota area. Awesome. Well, I am so excited to have you on the show because I love your company, Defender Shield. My husband and I both have your shields for our laptops and our phones, and we have the air tubes. So first of all, thank you for creating them. But can you tell us how you got into this work and how you got into creating the company Defender Shield? How did it all start? It turns out about five years ago or so, we were sitting around during the holidays and my uh, sons were using their laptops on their lap, literally for hours at a time. And my wife, who doesn't have a science background, said, this can't be good. I want grandchildren. So she had an intuition that there could be danger from the RF and the emissions coming from a, a a laptop. So I thought about it a little bit and I, and I realized, um, I have a science background. I, I, I did technology stuff for years and years and years. And I realized I know exactly what's going on. Um, and yes, there may be some dangers. So I looked into it a little bit and sure enough, there was scientific evidence that suggested when you have a, 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 a transmissions close to the groin area, both male and female, it's dangerous to the body. And so I said, well, let's try to figure out what we could do to help fix this problem. So believe it or not, I, I invented a technology that we incorporated into our products and we, we built a, a product for my sons for their use. Well, their friends liked it and they wanted a product like that. So we, we made some for them and, and all of a sudden where we started was to try to fix a problem that we had with our sons and it become came um, an opportunity to to share our knowledge and expertise with many. And that's how we started. That's amazing. Well, I'm so grateful that you guys did that. And how amazing that your wife just had that intuition. You know, that's really funny, Melissa. It turns out that women tend to be more intuitive about the uh, uh, technologies and the potential impacts more so than men. So uh, we've found uh, from from our experience that 
it may not be general knowledge to all of us. Many, many women, particularly in the health and wellness space, tend to uh, have an intuitive feeling that there can't, this can't be good. Mm. So what are the real effects? Like by having our laptops on our lap, like what is it actually doing to us? And having our phone up to our head, what are the real effects? Like what is going on? I'll tell you a, a couple of stories to sort of fill, fill the gaps a little bit. When you use a, a, a tablet or, or, or a, a laptop on your lap, after uh, three to four hours for a male, there can be as much as 25% of the sperm that's immobile. Oh, my gosh. So that's a near-term impact. And, and, and in fact, there is evidence that is there's a more long-term impact. Uh, so if you're looking to have babies, you may want to be careful about putting those things close to your groin. Now, for females, it turns out that there is potential for um, uh, tumors um, after three to four hours of exposure, close exposure, and a very small portion of them become cancerous, believe it or not. And then there's the naysayers that say that we may be approaching an epidemic because let's say your 12-year-old daughter uses the laptop close to her uh, womb and it impacts the cells, the DNA of the cells. You have subtending generations that potentially can be impacted uh, from that damaged DNA. And, and no one really knows the long-term impacts of that, obviously, because all of these technologies have only been around for the last uh, 10 years, 5, 10 years, believe it or not. Now, now, now that's the groin area. You, you asked me about cell phones, and, uh, and I have a, a, a great article that was actually uh, uh, published recently out of the uh, the University of uh, Queensland in, in Australia, their uh, information technology and engineering organization, evaluated what happens to a cell phone that's directly touching the head. A little bit of background, when, when the standards were set for that, um, for those technologies, they assumed a six-foot male would be using the phone occasionally and they wanted to ensure that this the, the 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 penetration of that signal wouldn't be more than 25 millimeters into the head and that it wouldn't heat up more than two degrees why do i say two degrees well you know what a microwave oven is right and, and when you when you put a piece of meat into a microwave oven what happens is the water in between the cells heat up and it, and it cooks your meat. So if you keep it in really long, it cooks it really uh, from medium rare to, to well done. Well, that's a microwave oven it is the same frequency as a cell phone. So you are literally putting, when you put to your head, a microwave signal, but the strength of it is much less than your microwave. But nevertheless, there's a thermal impact. Well, the standard was written around the thermal impact. It was never written around the biological impact. Um, so um, there are, we, we know, very long-term impacts. And in, in fact, in the, the U.S. Um, uh, um, toxicity uh program within the U.S. spent $25 million. And what, what they found was there was a direct correlation in an epidemiology study 
to 2% to 13% increase in cancer cells as a result in the brain and in the heart. Let me get back to the real concern, and that is what happens if you're not a six-foot male? You know, I told you the standard was around a six-foot male. Well, if you're a child, six-year-old child, and you put a cell phone to your head, that signal goes completely through their head. It doesn't go 25 millimeters. It goes right through the head. What's the impact of that? We really don't know. But uh, we're going to learn quickly. We know that there's impacts to the brain. And we know that there's not only thermal impacts, but there's uh, biological impacts now with more and more science telling us the dangers of these kinds of technologies close to our bodies. And then you're exposing your child at six years old to these kinds of things without really being concerned about the long-term biological impacts. Not good. So you're basically holding a microwave up to your brain. Yeah. Uh, to be technical, it's 2.3 gigahertz is a microwave oven and your Wi-Fi is 2.4 gigahertz. It's the same thing. It's just not as strong, it's, but it, it, it's a thermal emitting signal. So we'll look back in about 5, 10, or 15 years from now and think, what the heck were we doing? Yeah. So I know you've spoken a little bit about it, like the biological effects, but what do you predict are the long-term side effects of the EMFs from the phones and computers? It turns out that we know that the frontal lobe cancer of the brain has increased and compounded every year for the past 10 years by 2%. So we already know that the impacts to the uh, are, are clear and evident uh, through the scientific work that's been going on over the last 10 years. But, you know, it's funny. When, when we talk about these kinds of things, I always think about when I started smoking cigarettes when I was 12 years old, and it's many, many years ago. And at that time... When you smoked a cigarette, there was no common knowledge that there was a direct correlation between the smoke of a cigarette and cancer. But 35 years ago, believe it or not, science knew. If you think about it, that's a corollary to what's going on here. These technologies that we have around us, well, they're they're recent. Within five, 10 years, we've gone from 50% of the world to having a cell phone to 100% of the world. You know, there's, there's as many cell phones as there are toilets in the world. It's like unbelievable, uh, what the expansion has been. So I think that we're going to find in the future, and it's going to be within the next 30 years, that there's clear evidence. We know it already, but it will become common knowledge. And we don't have that today in the public, general public. And we will know that there is direct correlations to many health concerns, not just cancers, but um, electromagnetic hypersensitivity, believe it or not. Uh, you know, and, and you may know about that, uh, that. That stuff bothers. Do you know that 20% of the population is electromagnetic hypersensitive? What that means is like you take a cell phone, you put it to your head, and your head hurts. You get a headache. If you pick up your phone, your fingers tingle. Um, there are a lot of implications, and it gets worse as you get older. Of that 20%, which is growing, by the way, 80% are female. So we know 
we already know that there is a growing population that really feels it and really hurts them when they're close to these technologies. And it's only getting worse. Mm. Yeah, I definitely feel it in my fingers sometimes, almost like a little electric shock. Yes. Yeah, that is electromagnetic hypersensitivity. I'll tell you a story. There's a, a researcher in Sweden. His, his name is Dr. Ali Johansson. And Dr. Ali is an expert, a world expert in the last 20, 30 years on electromagnetic hypersensitivity. What his research has found is that we, we aren't just, we're not just feeling it. Like the, our fingers are not uh, 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 feeling the pins and needles. Our head is not just getting a headache, but it's also suppressing our immune oh. system. So he recently uh, put a research story. And, and by the way, that makes so much sense because why are people, why is it getting worse and worse for people who are exposed to these, these emissions? It's because their immune systems are being suppressed. By the way, no one did until, oh, last year, a year or two, uh, research is coming to find that it's not just the cell itself is being uh, under oxidative stress. That is, it, it, it doesn't want to work because it's, it, it, it's bothered by an external toxin. But it's also suppressing our own systems to try to respond and keep everything healthy in our bodies. It's not happening because it's being suppressed. Wow, goodness. And with 3G, 4G, and I believe 5G soon, is this only getting worse and more harmful for us? Uh, I love that uh, that question, Melissa. I, I love it. When the standard was created, it was known as an analog signal. If you look at the ocean and you see the waves coming to shore, that is a constant wave as it approaches the shore. That That is a, a signal, the a microwave uh, or RF signal, and, and that's what they look like. It's a constant wave. Why is that important to know? Well, because when it hits the cell, the cell has a constant load, and the cell actually can handle a constant load better than other forms of ectoxin. Well, when you went to 2G, what did that mean? It mean it went from analog to digital. A digital signal is on, off, on, off, on, off. So from 2G to 4G, we have these digital signals that are turning on and off. And what does that mean? Think of it this way. If you take a piece of steel, a rod, and you put it against a piece of concrete and you put 10,000 pound load on, you can't break the concrete. It won't break. But if you lift it up and then you push it down again, lift it up and push it down, it will crack. The concrete will crack. It's a jackhammer hitting the concrete. Well, think of that as the digital signal hitting yourself. It, 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 that's the analogy. So why is that important to know? Because when you go to 5G, there's actually much, much, much more data being sent and received in our systems around us every day. And and how how do they put so much data? Well, it's a digital signal by two. There's multiple digital signals. Uh, if you have a, a, a swimming pool and you want to uh, you want to fill it up, um, and and you, t you tell your husband go out there and put a hose out there and fill it up, 
and and then you're saying, look, the kids want to use the this, and they want to use it sometime today. How can you speed it up? They put two hoses in. Well, when you put two hoses, you double the volume of of water. Well, with 5G, you have what is known as MIMO, multiple in, multiple out. You have multiple feeds going in and multiple feeds coming out. That means you don't have just one digital signal hitting the cell. You have now more than one. You have two. What's the impact of that? We don't know. But it is certainly true. It can't be good. And it's certainly true. It's worse than two to four G. And I'm no scientist, so correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the resonant frequency of the human body around five hertz? So if we're holding a phone up to our brain, which is four gigahertz, that's millions of times more than our natural frequency, let alone right next to our brain. Yes. Think of it this way. When you go to the the uh, the hospital and you have an X-ray of your broken hand, they do it very very quickly because they know that ionized signal can destroy the cell. It actually can disrupt the cell to the extent where it becomes cancerous almost immediately. Well, that's on the other side of the spectrum. And to your point, as you increase the speed of the frequency you're actually increasing the potential dangers as well. So when you go from 2 to 4G, which is around um, uh, 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 10 uh, megahertz, uh, uh, 10 gigahertz, I'm sorry, uh, it, it actually goes to 90 with 5G. So it's almost 10 times more frequency speed than in the past. So that's not a good thing. <laughs> not a good thing at all. No. And besides your products, what else can we be doing to protect ourselves? Very, very simple stuff. When you talk about the impact to the body from the technologies we have close by, there are very simple rules you can think about which can help. If you use a cell phone and you use it for five minutes and then you put it four or five feet away from you, there's nothing that's going to happen to those cells in your body because the duration of the signal is very short. So it doesn't have a lot of time to influence the cells of the body. So duration and time when using technology, try to minimize it. As simple as that. Um, distance. When you use a cell phone directly to your head, that's when it's worse. That's when there's most impact to the technology using to the brain. But what if we're using one of your Defender Shield cases? Oh, we eliminate the signal completely. Wow. You don't even need to worry about that, Melissa. If you move it 300 millimeters away, 12 inches in the US, 80% of the danger is gone just by that 300 millimeter. By 900 millimeter, it's, it's like, it's not a problem at all. So the distance you have from technology. So so if you have a router um, and, and you're working at a desk and the router is right next to you 300 millimeters away, move it. Put it a thousand millimeters away and it will never bother you in your, ever, ever, ever bother you. So that distance is your friend. 
So duration and distance. If you think of those two things with the technologies around us today, you're pretty safe. And what about turning your Wi-Fi off at night? Oh, yes. What I do is I have a timer on my Wi-Fi. Mm. And at night, it it turns off at 10 o'clock at night and 7 o'clock in the morning, it turns back on. So I know I do not have any RF signals floating around in my home when I'm sleeping. Mm. Uh, and, and that's a very simple thing to do. And it really does impact. It. And in fact, when you sleep, in, you do not want cell phone. You do not want Wi-Fi's, laptops, tablets. None of that stuff should be near your bed. You should really keep that stuff at least 1,200 millimeters away, at least. Even if it's all off? Oh, yeah. If you turn it completely off your cell phone, then you're fine. If you take your tablet and you turn it completely off, that's fine. But if you put it aside and let it operate, it's transmitting. It's not just the impact. It disrupts your your sleeping. When you're exposed to these uh, technologies, they don't just create oxidative stress or they don't bother the cells only. They influence processes within your body. So if you have a cell phone and it's uh, one foot away from you, your your head when you're sleeping at night, it's screwing around with your melatonin being created in your body to sleep. So it's not just the long-term biological impact, but it's also disrupting your sleep pattern. So you really want to make sure that this stuff is far away from you as possible. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. We do all of those things. And probably 90% of my day, my phone is on airplane mode and I only take it off airplane mode when I'm going to use it. So whether that's to make a phone call or to check Instagram or to send a text message. Other than that, my phone is on airplane mode and it's in the other room. What are your thoughts on airplane mode? Does that still, like what percentage does that limit our exposure? Remember, um, um, we spoke about duration. You're, you're, you're eliminating 80% of exposures completely when you do that. That's very, very smart to do. Here are other tips too. When you use a cell phone, um, there's actually not just the cell tower connection you're worried about, but, but, but they, they allow these smartphones to connect to your Wi-Fi. And, and, and by the way, when you're in your car and you connect to the, the magic within the car and you can use it to work with your, your systems within the car, they're using Bluetooth. So there's not just one signal coming out of a smartphone. There are three. So you want to make sure that the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi are turned off. If you don't need them, you shouldn't have them on. And as you said, which I agree with, if you're not using it, put it in plane, uh, airplane mode and, and you're really safe. Um, and when you're not using it and you have it on, make sure it's far enough away from you where it won't bother you. And we talked about that before. That's got to be at least 1,200 millimeter. Yeah, I, I see people walking along you know, the promenade or walking along the beach with their phone on tucked into their bra or down their, their pants at the front or the back. You know, I just want to go up to them and say, I hope that's on airplane mode. Really true. Let me reinforce that. There was a recent study that came out of California. And what they did was they, I think they had like 5,000 women 
and they gave him uh, meters, RF meters. And uh, what they did was they monitored these women in the early stages of pregnancy. What they found based on the accurate measurements of where they were and the exposures they were exposed to, they they concluded that those when in high exposure uh, levels, you were three times more probable to um, a miscarriage. Um, three times. And, and by the way, we've known that from the 70s. It's not like it's something new. So when you see someone having their cell phone in their pocket near their womb, not a good thing. And do not put it in your chest pocket. Uh, we know for sure that uh, there's clear evidence in science that talk about the, um, the, the, the breast cells, um, um, uh, becoming tumorous uh, as a result of the exposures. So you really want to be careful about that as well. And I see a lot of people using normal headphones in the belief that that is safer. Is that true? No, that is not true. But that's a relative term. When you have a cell phone to you directly to your head, that's the worst, uh, uh, the worst condition of exposure. Um, the least exposure is when you have a cell phone um, at least uh, 300 millimeters away from you and you're talking uh, in the speakerphone. When you use anything in between, like, for example, earbuds, you actually have a emission from the wires themselves. And when it's close to the, uh, the brain, it does impact the brain. And now it's not as bad as when the cell phone itself was addressed to the brain. It definitely is clear that there is an impact. And, and by the way, science is not that good at uh, identifying exactly the amplitude of the signal and its, its impact to the cell. So as a simple precautionary measure, you should always avoid, if you can, any level. So that's why uh, you, you really do want to make sure that if you do use earbuds for very long duration, then you really want to think about finding other ways uh, to listen to music and or your your call to your friend. And there are products out there that actually eliminate the electronics and they go acoustical. They, they, they literally make it where you don't have any wires going to the head. One of your products does that, the air tubes, which we've got. So my husband and I have your air tube headphones, which uh, we use because realistically, people are going to want to use headphones because they want to listen to podcasts like this and they want to listen to music on their walks. So please get these air tube headphones that aren't going to be putting that signal right into your brain. And do you know what else, Dan, that my jaw was on the floor when I saw this. They now have the Bluetooth headphones, which from what I've read are just even worse going straight into your brain. Can you tell us about the implications of those wireless Bluetooth headphones that are now coming out? Yes, there is virtually no question. It is an RF signal. It is a microwave um, range signal. It's 2.0 gigahertz. And it is a amplitude. The strength of it is not as big as a cell phone. It is clearly a emission that is a microwave emission. Why is it important to be careful about that? 
is because you don't listen to music for five minutes. You're listening to music for a half an hour. The use of those technologies, even though the smaller, uh, lower magnitude signal levels, you're using them longer than you typically would uh, than than on a a phone call. And and that's why you really want to be careful about that, because we know for sure. Uh, I I don't know if I mentioned this to you. Um, uh, Maybe I did. We, We know that the RF signal is a two to 13% increase in tumor growth in the frontal lobe and the heart. Guess what? A Bluetooth signal is an RF signal with very little difference to, from a cell phone transmission. And so you got to be careful as you're pointing out. Yes. So what I tend to do is when I go for my walks and I want to listen to an hour or an hour and a half podcast or listen to some music is I use your AirTube headphones, but I download the episode and then I turn it on airplane mode. So then I'm listening to the episode while it's still on airplane mode. That would be better than having it still turned on, correct? Yes, absolutely. When you use the AirTubes, you really want to make sure that you're keeping it at least the cell phone itself at least 300 uh, millimeters away from you. Um, so you you don't want it in your pocket. We have uh, you know shields for our cell phones and stuff, and I would recommend you may want to find a way of shielding that if you choose to put it, put it in your pocket. But if you don't, uh, then just make sure you keep it away from you, and you're fine. Yeah. So what I do is I have your case as well. So, and then I've got the air tubes and I usually download my episode, then turn it on airplane mode. And then I usually hold my phone in my hand. So it's not down my bra or down my pants or my tights or anything like that. This is when I'm walking and, and don't have a bag. So I think that was would probably be the healthiest option, wouldn't it? It is the healthiest option. One thing we get often asked um, by moms, young moms, when they have children in strollers, you know, where should they put their cell phone? Because if they put it in the back of the um, of the um, uh, carriage, um, it's very, very close to the child's head. So you want to be able to keep it away from there and not put it there if you don't, uh, as a precautionary measure. If you put it there, make sure it's shielded so it doesn't go into the child's head. And the reason I was saying that is because you can actually put that in there and use the earbuds and the kid and you are fine. So you want to be careful. You always want to be aware. Uh, The way I talk about it, by the way, uh, 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 Melissa, is that um, think of a transmitter, a cell phone transmitter a Bluetooth transmitter, a Wi-Fi transmitter, as a bee in a room. When you have one bee in a room, that bee won't kill you. won't even bother you, most people, unless you're allergic to it. But when you have more and more of these transmitters around your body, more and more bees, that's when there's more and more danger. So you always want to be aware of all sources, not just the cell phone source, but where you are in relationship to all the other technologies around us. So that's another precautionary thinking. Always know where the bees in the room are. Minimize them. Make sure you keep the duration of time exposed with them to the lowest, and you're going to be fine. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like I live in a city and I don't live in the country and I live in an apartment block in the city and I, and I feel very different from when we're here to when we are in the country. When we go there, my whole nervous system is very, very different. I'm a lot more calm and in a relaxed state. And so my belief is like, look, I can't really go and knock on my next door neighbor's door and above me and below me and say, hey, do you mind turning your Wi-Fi off at night? I mean, you could, but All I can do is make sure that I am doing the best that I can in my home for my husband and my stepson. That's all I can do and make sure that I'm using the air tubes, I'm using the Defender Shield laptop pads, I'm using iPhone cases, and I'm doing the best that I can in my environment. And that's all we can really do, isn't it? Yes, exactly. What you're saying is be aware of where the sources are and minimize them where you can. And by the way, um, when when you have the neighbors uh, that have Wi-Fi and you have the cell towers on top of the buildings you're in, um, there's enough distance there where it's not as dangerous if it was in the same room as you. It's always true. The most dangers are with what's in the room with you. So when you take the exercise to minimize that, as you do, That's the smartest thing to do. And by the way, that's what you control. Control what you can and don't worry about the stuff you can't because we're in a modern society that uses this technology and it's not going to go away very anytime soon. Now, I've read a lot that iPhones are worse than Androids and I have an iPhone, something to do with the specific absorption rate. Can you explain that? Is that true? Yes. Every manufacturer has to verify that they're compliant with standards. And that's called this specific absorption rate, the, the SAR, as you just mentioned. And um, some manufacturers go to the greatest um, strength as they can, like Apple products. They're 1.6 watts per kilogram, which is the the maximum they can be allowed based on standards throughout the world. Um, Android, Androids and others, uh, they can be as low as 1.4 gigahertz uh, 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 watts per kilogram. And so you're right. The choice of uh, the manufacturer and the SAR rate, uh, you can look at and, and find which ones are best and worst. And that stuff is on the internet. You can find that and you can typically compare and look for the ones that have the least to the most. Um, and that's a good, uh, you should look for that, um, it, it, particularly if you're using them for longer durations of time. It is my absolute passion to get this information out to as many people as possible because there's a lot of people that don't know about this. And then there's also a lot of people who don't really understand or take it seriously. Like they think, oh, you know, it's fine. You know, nothing will happen. But I really want everyone listening to just not get stressed out about it or overwhelmed, but just start to do these little things, you know, these little tweaks like turning your Wi-Fi off at night and 
you know, making sure there's no Bluetooth in your car and getting some of these amazing Defender Shield products into your life and just making sure there's distance. I mean, there's so many simple things that we can do today, like that we can actually start to do today. And you just don't know, you know, you don't want to get 10, 20, 30 years down the track and go, oh, I wish I had have just made those few tweaks. So thank you so much for all of this information so far and for creating these amazing products. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate um, your your support. Um, one of the things I – have you had a chance, Melissa, to read um, uh, Radiation Nation? It's a book we wrote. No, I haven't. This, Yeah, this is your book, and I'll link to it in the show notes, but I haven't read it yet. I would love to read it. Yeah, you really do because it was out of frustration we wrote it. Um, we deal with a lot of people, electrically sensitive, um, people who want to learn more and not finding it. The mass market has been very unsuccessful in sharing what we know about these technologies. You know, there's the argument of the factions in the marketplace and how they're manipulating and or potentially manipulating data. When When I came out of the labs, I looked at data for years and years and years. And so I looked at the science around this technology. I was in this technology space and I was flabbergasted about how much science knows about the impact to the body. Yet the general public didn't realize it. So your words of caution uh, to to your audience is is really well founded because the information's there. There's a preponderance of evidence that suggests this stuff can and will bother you as a person, your family, your friends, and you really need to understand it. Well, that's why we wrote the book. We try to explain what a, a SAR is. We try to explain what a what a frequency is. We try to explain where the science is. And, and so it's not a deep dive. It's not a scientific book. It's a book that tries to share the knowledge that may help you make in, important choices in your life. Mm, I can't wait to read it. Thank you for writing it. Oh, no problem at all. Now, I'd love to turn the spotlight onto you a little bit more and just to get to know you a little bit deeper. I'd love to know what is one thing that is lighting you up or bringing you the most joy in your life right now? Believe it or not, when I got involved with this stuff, I was in science for, for years and years, but there wasn't a exceptional passion about what I was doing. But over the last five years, we've become really passionate about sharing knowledge of the technologies that's around us every day. Um, and um, it's been it's been pretty important to us to make sure that all of us know and understand the exposures in our lives and the things they can do to help maintain a healthy environment in their lives. So that's been a pretty important passion uh, in, in my life anyway for the last five years. Beautiful. And what is one thing that you are working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? I love yoga. I haven't done yoga in a la- maybe two years um, for lots of reasons, but I, I really do want to get back to a, a good health pattern um, with good eating, which I, of course I do 
already, but I, I'm, I'm not doing the physical activity that I would like to. And so that's one area that I, I really do want to improve and get back to yoga. I love yoga. You know, when I was growing up, Melissa, you know, I, I played basketball, I played football, I played all the sports and I would be never caught. I wouldn't be caught dead in a yoga class. Ironically, that's probably the best thing for your body to be stable and balanced more so than any other form of exercise. So I really, I, I, I let your audience know that yoga is good for them. Oh yeah. They definitely know I bang on and on about it. That and meditation all the time. And yeah, I totally agree. Yoga is just such a beautiful thing to have in your life. You know, even if it's just 10 minutes every day, it doesn't have to be long. It's such a beautiful way to reconnect with yourself and ground and come back into your body. I actually loved it so much that about five years ago, I went and did my yoga teacher training, not to become a yoga teacher, but just to understand the mechanics and the science behind it more and just, you know, be able to take myself through my own practice at home. So it's very powerful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that simple stretching, simple static positioning has so much health benefit all the way around, both physically and, and as you were pointing out, the mental impact as well. There's a calming nature in that kind of physical exercise that you, can, you can't find in other kinds of activity. So, um, yeah, I, I just love it, and I certainly encourage it for all. And all you men who played football and basketball, you really should, should do it. It's, it's important for your health. Absolutely. Now, let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Besides your book, which book would you choose to put in the school curriculum? What jumps to my mind is we want to. We wrote a book for a radiation nation for adults, but we think a book that is talking about our environment with not only the emissions in our environment, but the other health concerns, we really should be bringing this to the classroom um, at an early age. Um, and so I, I don't have a book in mind that you can buy off the shelf. I have a book in mind which thinks about educating our kids because they're the ones that are going to have the biggest challenges. When I talk, to, I have a, a, a chemist, uh, biochemist that uh, we work with, and we talk about the bees in the room, but more generically, we we think that. Um, um, our environment, uh, but by the way, RF signals, the microwave signals, they're a toxin. Um, the, the body reacts to the, the cell reacts to the toxin in similar ways. So we know that our environment is evolving and we need to educate our children on, uh, what's happening in the most modern day environment and what things they can do to reduce health risks. Um, so I, I know that wasn't the answer you wanted, but it was the answer that jumped in my mind. 
No, that's I totally agree. We need to educate them so much right now, especially because I have an 11-year-old stepson and he is sitting in a microwave all day long at school. It, he is just, you know, and then he has a microwave right in front of him without his defender shield, you know, and I just think, oh my goodness, and there's nothing I can do. ADHD, learning problems, there's direct correlations between RF exposure, the the exposure from cell phones to those kinds of diseases. Uh, Leukemia is associated with it. There are so many scientifically proven evidence, uh, findings of fact, that, um, that these technologies are impacting earlier and earlier our children and and that's why uh it is important to try to get these messages to the to to, to those that are in the formative years mm, absolutely now let's talk about your day and how your day looks i am obsessed with hearing about how people prime themselves for the day and how they set themselves up for success do you have a morning routine or anything that you do that really sets you up for a successful day i actually do because I'm, I'm an engineer you have regimen in your life that you need to sort of commit to when i wake up in the morning i talk about non-gmo um, breakfast period um, when I talked about what I had in the morning, it's all non-GMO. So you start the day off having a good solid meal. And then I exercise. I, I walk about three miles. I take a very uh, lengthy uh, walk every morning. And um, that, that starts my day. I, I'm peaceful. I'm, 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 I'm restful after the, uh, a, a good exercise uh, to start the day. Then I do my work during the day. And Throughout the day, I often break uh, from whatever I'm doing, and I take um, time just to relax. Uh, Because I'm near um, an ocean, I actually walk to the beach um, every uh, 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 a couple times during that day, and I I just stay there for a few minutes, and then then I come back, and somehow I can deal with uh, the business um, uh, challenges of the day. Uh, w- with that kind of approach. And, and of course, at night, I, I fall asleep by six. <laughs> wow. And what time are you up in the morning? I love getting up early in the morning at, at five o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. I've just been an early bird my whole life. So, um, yeah, it's just the, 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 my, uh, I, I've always um, needed to uh, start work early for, for years. And uh, you get into the habit and, and you, you just do it. But you got to make sure you get enough sleep. And, uh, and I was slightly exaggerating at six. I'm, I'm in bed by 10. Um, and, uh, b- but it's really important to get that sleep. And as you age, it's even more important. Absolutely. Sleep is a massive component of living a healthy life and being vibrant and well. I actually beat you on this one. I'm usually in bed around 8 and I'm usually asleep around 8.30. So, you know, I I love my sleep. I take it very seriously. Like my husband jokes that I could go to the Olympics for sleep because I'm so good at it. 
<laughs> and you'd win. <laughs> I'd win. I would totally win gold for Australia. I would just win. I'm I'm so good at it. And I get my good eight or nine hours and I wake up early and I just love it. So sleep is a very, very important part. And if people aren't taking it seriously, they need to make it a priority and really make sure you know your environment is conducive to really good deep sleep. So thank you for mentioning that. It's really important to have clarity in your brain, in your mind uh, throughout the day. Good sleep is so essential for so many important things in our health. So I agree with you. But 8.30, I'm not sure I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Like every time I get into bed or I wake up in the morning, I turn to my husband. And I'm like, oh, I love sleep so much. It's so good. It's like I've just eaten a beautiful piece of healthy chocolate brownie or something. And he's like, you do take this really seriously, don't you? So now I'd love to hear what are three things you are most recently grateful for in your life? The support we have around, uh, the support I have around me, of course. And um, and the, uh, um, the positive environment that that has been created as a result. So I'm I'm very very thankful for that. Beautiful. Is there anything else that you're most recently grateful for? Box of chocolate, dark chocolate. I I, I love dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I was thankful for that. If that counts. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. That counts. <laughs> so now, in your opinion, if there is one thing that we could do today, what is the most important thing that we can do for our health? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but what do you think that one thing is? It's just not one thing. Of course, there's the um, electromagnetic exposures and uh, and those kinds of things you need to be worried about. But honestly, it, it's really making sure that you, you're uh, looking at all facets in your life and you're looking for the impacts of those in your life and make sure you're making the right choices in all those facets. It's the holistic approach, the complete approach that's very important. From a technical point of view, we, we shield many technologies with our shielding. If I shield one and not the other, you're still going to die. So you got to make sure that you're not just fixing one problem. You're dealing with all the problems that are potential in your lives and, and dealing and fixing all of them. So it's, it's approach life with a, a holistic approach. That's what I suggest. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Now, what is one of the most important things that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Oh, that's interesting. Believe it or not, it's not money. Accumulating economic wealth is, um, is not really the ultimate goal that will satisfy you and make you happy. It really is a matter of finding the things you want to do and can do and contribute with them. And those are the things that are most important, along with your friends and family you have around you. If you're going to have an open heart surgery and you're wondering if you're going to live the next day, none of the things you have in your life that you think are important will be important. Only the, only the friends and family you have around you and the good things you've done in your life, you'll think about. So um, it's not wealth. It's not economic wealth. 
friends and family. It's so important, isn't it? Yes, very much so. And on that note, what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, Be kind. I agree. It's so important and it's so simple and it's free and it doesn't take much effort and it really makes a huge impact in other people's lives and it's just so important. Now, this is my last question. What is one thing that I personally and the listeners can do to serve you today? Be aware that Others are not protecting you necessarily, Um, and that you can't rely on governments or industries to ensure your health. Uh, These are the choices you need to make, and and what you can do for me is recognize that is an important um, thing that you got to worry about, and... Uh, by doing that, um, it's sort of like what we've been doing for the last couple of years. Be aware of your surrounding. You're not a victim um, and take action. And And everyone listening should realize they can take action and it really does help. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, Dan, thank you so much for this amazing interview. I am so grateful for the work that you are doing in the world. I'm so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful for your wisdom and your knowledge and to your wife for having that intuition and and speaking up about the intuition that she felt with your sons. So thank you so much. I'm very, very grateful. And I really hope that everyone got a lot out of this episode. So thank you so much for sharing so openly and honestly. Well, I certainly appreciate the opportunity of sharing what we've been doing. Thank you so much, Melissa. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully uh, this has been helpful for your audience. And um, again, thank you. I appreciate it. Please take action today. It is so important. Everything that Daniel spoke about, it's so important that we implement some of these things today, whether that is turning your Wi-Fi off at night or having your phone on airplane mode more regularly. Just do one thing today, just one, and see how you feel. I got so much out of this episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 61. And you can also check out all my other episodes there too. Also, just a reminder that you can now order my second book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex. All you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your hands on a copy today. And tickets for the Open Wide Tour that I will be doing with my husband this month, January and February, are now available and they are selling so fast. So head to nickandmelissa.com to get your tickets today.
Thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, send them a text message, post it on your Instagram, do whatever you have to do to help protect your family and your loved ones from EMFs. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.